Encyclical Letter Omnem Solicitudinem on the Greek Ruthenian Rite by Pope Pius IX. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Encyclical of the Holy Father on the Affairs of Poland and Russia To our venerable brothers, Josef Sembratovich, Archbishop of Leopold, Halies, and Kamins, of the Ruthenian Rite, and to the other bishops of the same rite, being in grace and communion with the Apostolic See, Pius Pope the Ninth. Venerable brothers, health and apostolical benediction. From the very first years of our long pontificate, we have exerted our solicitude and all our efforts to promote the spiritual welfare of the Oriental churches, and we have solemnly declared that the particular Catholic liturgies ought to be religiously preserved and retained in their full integrity, and also that they have been held in high esteem by our predecessors. We have, in fact, as proof of this, the remarkable teachings given by Clement VIII in his constitution Magnus Dominus of the year 1595 and by Paul V in his brief of December 10, 1615. And above all, to mention no others, by Benedict XIV, in his encyclical letters, the Mandatam of the year 1743, and the Late Sunt of the year 1755. Now, as there has ever existed a most intimate connection and union between liturgical discipline and dogmatic doctrine, therefore it is that the Holy See, as infallible teacher of the faith and wise guardian of the truth, Whenever it perceived any dangerous or unbeseeming right to have crept into the Oriental Church, has at once condemned such right and prohibited its use. On the other hand, the care with which, as we have said, we have preserved the ancient liturgies has been no hindrance to certain rites being borrowed from other churches and adopted amongst those of the Oriental Church. Of such rites, Gregory the Sixteenth of Happy Memory wrote to the Catholic Armenians. Your ancestors loved them, either because they thought them fitting and beautiful, or they adopted them at various periods as a mark of distinction between themselves and the heretics and schismatics. Therefore, as the same sovereign pontiff teaches, it is necessary strictly to observe the rule which enjoins that, except for very grave reasons and such as have been approved by the Holy See, no innovation should ever be made in the rites of the sacred liturgy without consulting the Holy See, not even under pretext of re-establishing ceremonies that may appear more in conformity with the liturgies approved by the same See. Now, these principles of law have been wisely prescribed for all the churches of the Oriental Rite, and, as has been declared several times on occasion, especially in the before-mentioned brief of Paul V, they form the rule of the liturgical discipline of the Ruthenians, whom the Roman pontiffs have always dealt with in a particular spirit of benevolence, and on whom they have heaped especial favors. And no sooner has it become apparent that any danger threatened them, and that their faith was exposed to grave peril, than the apostolic see failed not to raise its voice without a moment's delay in order to avert so great a calamity. Still sounding in our ears are the words of our predecessor Gregory the Sixteenth of Happy Memory, uttered by him at a time when the Ruthenian nation was, as everyone knows, in a most calamitous state, 
In consequence of which, we have this day to deplore the fact of about 300,000 of these same Ruthenians being driven from the pale of the Catholic Church. The aid of this apostolic see was not withheld from the Ruthenian nation when long and grave controversies were agitated, not without detriment to Christian charity, in the ecclesiastical province of Leopold, on account of the diversity of discipline and of rank, and on account of the mutual relations existing between the ecclesiastics of the Latin Rite and those of the Greek Rite. Controversies which, by means of a convention or agreement proposed by the bishops of each Rite, and sanctioned by a decree of the Sacred Congregation of Propaganda for Oriental Affairs, dated 6 October 1863, were happily smoothed over and suppressed. But the sad state of things in which the same province, and particularly the neighboring countries to the Diocese of Kelm, are at present, now claims once more all our vigilance and all our solicitude. In effect, it has been reported to us that a miserable controversy has been raised, with rash boldness about liturgical matters amongst the Catholics of the Greco-Ruthenian Rite, and that certain personages, notwithstanding the clerical orders with which they were invested, have attached themselves to her doctrines and presumed to dictate, and, in accordance with their own caprice to reform, the sacred ceremonies, of which some were rightfully received by immemorial usage, and the others solemnly ratified by the sanction of the Council of Zamosk, which received the approbation of the Apostolic See. But what afflicts us most and causes the deepest grief to our heart is that which we have learned of the sad state of things now oppressing the Diocese of Calm. In effect, the bishop of that diocese, whom we instituted but a few years since, and who is still connected with that diocese by the spiritual tie, is gone. And a certain pseudo-administrator, whom we long since adjudged unworthy of the episcopal dignity, has not feared to usurp ecclesiastical jurisdiction, and to overturn everything within that church, and above all, to confuse and disturb of his own authority the liturgy canonically approved. Filled with sadness, we have still before our eyes the circular letter of the 20th October, 1873, by which that unhappy pseudo-administrator dares to make innovations in the performance of divine service and in the sacred liturgy, doubtless for the purpose of introducing the liturgy of the schismatics into the Catholic Diocese of Kelm, the better to impose upon the simple and ignorant, and the more easily to lead them into schism. The said pseudo-administrator is not ashamed to support his cause by quoting certain constitutions of the Apostolic See and fraudulently to abuse their ordinances which he interprets erroneously in his own sense. Now, no one can fail to see that all the rules laid down as to liturgical matters in the aforesaid circular letter are holy, null, and void, and we ourselves do, by virtue of our apostolic authority, declare them so to be. In effect, the aforesaid pseudo-administrator is wholly and entirely destitute of any ecclesiastical authority whatsoever inasmuch as neither the lawful bishop, before his departure from the diocese, nor, subsequently, the apostolic see, ever conferred any such authority upon him. It is therefore certain and evident to all men that he entered not into the sheepfold by the door, but by some other way, and that he ought, consequently, to be regarded as an intruder. It is true that the sacred canons of the Church ordained that the ancient oriental rites lawfully introduced should be retained, because our predecessors, the Roman pontiffs, have thought it proper after mature examination to approve or to permit those rites 
insofar as they are not contrary to the Catholic faith, imperil not the salvation of souls, nor derogate from ecclesiastical dignity. But at the same time, these very canons solemnly declare that it is not permitted to any person of his own accord, and without previously consulting the Holy See, to put in practice even the slightest changes in liturgical matters. And this is abundantly proved by the apostolic constitutions herein before cited. And it is an argument devoid of any force to pretend, as has in this matter been done for the purpose of imposing, that these various liturgical innovations have been attempted in order to purify the Oriental rite, and to bring it back to its pristine integrity. For, in effect, the liturgy of the Ruthenians cannot be any other than that which was either instituted by the Holy Fathers of the Church, or sanctioned by the canons of councils, or introduced by lawful usage, always with the approbation, express or tacit, of the apostolic see. And if, in the course of time, some variations may have occurred in the said liturgy, they assuredly were not introduced without the Roman pontiffs being consulted. And they were, above all, intended to deliver these rites from every defilement of heresy or of schism, and thus to give expression to the Catholic dogmas with more exactness and clearness, and so secure the integrity of the faith and promote the good of souls. Therefore it is that under the treacherous pretext of purifying the rites and bringing them back to their integrity, no other end was really sought than to lay snares for the faith of the Ruthenians of Count, whom men of perdition are striving to force from the pale of the Catholic Church and to deliver over to heresy and schism. Nevertheless, amidst all the severe afflictions from every quarter which press upon us, one thing sustains us and rejoices us. It is the remarkable and most heroic spectacle lately given before God, before angels and before men, by the Ruthenians of the Diocese of Calm, when they refused obedience to the iniquitous orders of the pseudo-administrator, and preferred to endure all sorts of evils, and even to encounter loss of life itself, rather than to sacrifice the faith of their fathers, and to abandon the rights which they had received from their ancestors, and which they had resolutely declared they would preserve intact and entire. As for ourselves, we do not cease, by all kinds of supplication, to implore God that He, who is rich in mercy, would, in His great goodness, cause the light of His grace to penetrate the hearts of all who, contrary to all justice, now afflict the diocese of Cam, and that He would, at the same time, grant His powerful protection to the afflicted but faithful Catholics, who are now bereft of all spiritual aid and direction, and that he would hasten the coming of that happy time when much-desired peace shall be restored. And as for you, venerable brethren, who with so much earnestness and such signal zeal have accepted the pastoral charge confided to you of the Ruthenians, we do, thereupon, earnestly exhort you in the Lord that you would religiously preserve the liturgical discipline approved by the Apostolic See or introduced after the same see had been informed of it, and had made no objection thereto. We enjoin you wholly to interdict all innovation, and not to omit to recommend to parish and other priests, even under pain of the severest penalties, should you deem it necessary. The exact observance of the sacred canons concerning this matter, and especially those of the Synod of Zamosk. There is, in effect, an important question at stake. The salvation of souls. 
for the unlawful innovations are causing the greatest peril to the Catholic Ruthenians in their faith and in their religious unity. You ought, therefore, to spare no care or pains, and never to desist from trying by all means to quell completely, the moment they make their appearance, all the troubles which depraved men have stirred up in those parts in regard to liturgical matters. And we have confidence that, by the help of God's grace, you will in no wise fail to accomplish those duties with energy, and at the same time with gentleness. And in order that it may so come happily to pass, we do very affectionately grant you, in the Lord, our apostolic benediction, for yourselves, venerable brethren, and for the flock which each of you has in his charge. Given at Rome, at St. Peter's, this 13th of May, 1874, in the 28th year of our pontificate, Pius Pope the Ninth. End of Encyclical Letter Omnem Solicitudinem on the Greek Ruthenian Rite by Pope Pius the Ninth. Read by Maria Angela Aragon.